Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com support. I can walk down the street to the store on the corner right here and that somebody in a car can pull up, tell me to stop, and I have to stop. That is absolutely insane to me. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. I was like a more like a feral cat than a lion. You'd think after four years, I, I'd really have developed a really strong roar, but I'm still working on it. But really, roaring about liberty, it's about the intention. It's about your heart. It's about your fire. And that's what we got here. That's what my guest today is bringing here as well. I can guarantee you that. In today's episode, episode number 330, you know what that means, kids? It means you can find today's show notes over at lionsofliberty.com slash 330. And it's not just me here on Lions of Liberty, Mark Clare, bringing you great interviews every single Monday, as well as fun roundtables, like the one you're going to hear next week on another edition of Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor, or the one that Pride members can hear right now on the latest episode of Conspiracy Corner, where we talk about all the weird things relating to the continent of Antarctica and the various subplots that spring from there. And believe me, there are, there are quite a few. So be sure to go over to lionsofliberty.com support and join the pride today. We are pushing hard to hit this $1,000 goal so we can go to Pork Fest, hopefully Freedom Fest in Las Vegas, the Libertarian Party National Convention, and bring you some podcasts from live on the scene. We're really looking forward to expanding what we're doing here in 2018. But I digress. Like I was saying, it's not just me here. You also got my man Brian McWilliams, who has been blowing up on Twitter with the goings-on on Electric Liberty Land. A little bit of controversy ignited last week uh, with um, some comments that Jake Weissman, his guest, made about Owen Benjamin. Owen responded on Twitter, and uh, a little birdie has told me that Owen Benjamin will be on this upcoming Electric Liberty Land, so be sure to check that out this coming Wednesday. And of course, I would be remiss not to mention my friend and compatriot in liberty, John Odermatt's amazing work he is doing every single Friday with his weekly look at the broken criminal justice system on Felony Friday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Be sure to leave us a great rating and a five-star review while you're there. But enough about us. Let's get to today's guest. My guest today is the author of Freedom Through Memedom, the 31-day guide to waking up to liberty, as well as the host of his own podcast, Free Man Behind the Wall. I'm very pleased to welcome Mance Raider. Mance, my man, are you ready to roar? Man, I really appreciate you having me on today. I really enjoy your show, and um, let's do it. There is no better way to roar than with compliments <laughs> to start things off, so... I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> we all we, we we all love to hear we all love to hear uh, good things about ourselves. We do indeed, and you know I, I know you like to roar because I, I've been following you on Twitter for a few weeks here, and I know you kind of get you get fired up a little bit. So before we get into how you became a libertarian, I'm kind of curious what what are the issues that really get you the most fired up? What really gets gets your gander going, so to speak? Authority, the legitimacy of authority, the the idea that there are people. That there, are, there are people in the society who believe that they have authority over another human being and the other group of people, the much larger group of people that believe that they can bestow rights upon these people that they don't have themselves. That just drives me absolutely crazy. And it will, and I think it permeates throughout my book. Yeah, and I, I, I went through your book, Thirty-One Day Guide to Waking Up to Liberty, Freedom Through Meendom, and I, I know it's supposed to be thirty-one days. I, I felt like I was kind of on the advanced course. I, I did it in one day. I know that's not how you recommend going through it, but I feel like I'm on the advanced levels of, of liberty at this point after four years of podcast hosting or so. But that's one thing that I actually wrote down in my notes that you are very um, keen on this idea of anti-authority or really the uh, being against legitimate, illegitimate authority. I think we should really clarify. 
clarify because there, there's different kinds of authority in the world. There's a uh, there's authority that we cede to maybe our bosses sometimes. There's there's voluntary authority, I guess you might say. But what you really focus on a lot and a lot of the memes that you bring up, and we'll talk about those more in a bit, but is really that idea of individual sovereignty and that a lot of the the authority that we see in our society, in our in our institutions, in our government, they really are not legitimate. And and the only reason that we as a society generally follow that authority and, and see to it as being the, the true authority, if you will, is, is just basically th- that view, that view that you're fighting against, that view that we should just be bowing to authority as opposed to questioning it. Well, it also has a lot to do with fear. I think fear is one of the, the one of the overriding things that influences the whole world right now. Everybody, everybody's afraid. So I need somebody to, I need somebody to protect me. So I'm going to give this person authority to protect me. And that's not a problem. If you want to give, if police had the authority, if first of all, if police weren't, um, weren't existing off of stolen money, tax money, um, it would be a lot better. You know, private security forces, I, I think are preferable, but that, if police just had the same rights that you do, that is the right of self-defense of themselves or to step into another situation when somebody else is being harmed. But that's not what they do. That's not what they, they are basically to me. They are the arm of the politicians and the lawmakers. These lawmakers, they make up laws and police go out and they enforce these laws. They're not peace officers. They're not protectors. They're not there to protect and serve. Less than 5% of the time do they show up at a crime to stop it. Then take into consideration something like uh, the court decision Warren versus District of Columbia, which decided that they do not have a mandate to protect you. They can show up, see a crime being committed against you, and they can stand back and do absolutely nothing. And you have you have no recourse. You cannot sue them. And that's what Warren versus District of Columbia decided. It said that uh, that they cannot be sued. And it just it makes no sense to me that lawmakers can come up with these ridiculous laws and. That, that hurt laws that hurt no one where you, you have a law where there's no victim whatsoever. If I look at a piece of if I look at a court document and it says the state of Georgia versus Mance Raider, well, that tells me that there is no damaged party because who's going if it's the state of Georgia and there is no damaged party coming forward and it's just a couple of lawyers who don't know you from Adam. Well, there's no there's there's nothing there. It's just where it's a sh- is the human being that Mance has harmed. Well, where yeah, where is the damaged party? And I've been saying that for years before I even became before I even became a liberty minded and became a libertarian. I I would say that I would say where is the damaged party in all of this? It's you know you see these court cases and you're, you you know, people going going to jail for a plant a plant that was legal a hundred years ago. And now all of a sudden the jails are full of people because of a plant. It is just absolutely insane. And what's even more insane is there there are people walking the streets voting who believe, yes, this plant is dangerous and that person deserves to be in jail. That person deserves to be raped. That, that's the scary thing. Not, not only that people just believe this, but that those people then go and pull a lever for people that not only believe it or maybe the politicians themselves don't believe it. I, I think they're more probably just beholden to uh, you know whatever their donors want. But those politicians are going to go actually write laws that will enforce those beliefs, which is which is far scarier. That's actually something maybe reasonable to be to be afraid of as opposed to what you're talking about where people are, are so afraid of all the the possible ills in the world that they look to this authority to just you know handle everything take care of anything you have to ban whatever plans you have to uh, make whatever actions illegal you must just please keep us safe then there's their their security force police that go out there and for the most part mindlessly just enforce these laws and it in many cases, initiate conflict with people who aren't doing anything wrong, who haven't hurt anybody. I had a Twitter back and forth earlier this week with somebody, uh, well, at the end of last week, 
and he was a former police officer. And all he kept saying was that he was just following orders and that he if if I wanted to change things, go elect different people. Well, that's not look, if you if police, in my opinion, if police wanted to protect the public, if that's what if that's what their job is, if that's what they think they're supposed to do, then arrest corrupt politicians, arrest corrupt cops, arrest corrupt judges and arrest corrupt lawyers, because those are the people that are doing the most damage to the public. By doing, I mean, if you believe in the Constitution, which I don't believe, you know, I'm I'm a Lysander Spooner fan. I don't believe that the Constitution has anything to do with me. I don't claim it for any of my rights. But if you're one of those people who claims the Constitution and you see a politician and you've taken and then, you know, these, these people take an oath to it. Well, if you see somebody who's breaking it, if you see somebody who's who's going totally against the Constitution, then these guys should probably be getting in there and arresting them for it. But no, it's not. It, it, they're just looking at the laws and the laws have absolutely nothing to do with the Constitution. It's just it's just basically business. And it's to get people through the court, get people into prison where money can be made in the prison industrial complex, where get people into court where you can find them, where you can where you can, you know, even after somebody has um, has you know, paid, quote unquote, paid their debt to society. OK, we're going to need you to be on parole and being on parole. You're also going to be paying us to be on parole. It's a sham, really. I mean, if you were to look at the amount of arrests, if you were to take every arrest that happened in 2017 and look and see how many of the people who were arrested actually harmed another person, another um, human being's person or property, you're talking fractional. Yeah, and you mentioned to me, uh, but you know, before the show, that you were a big fan of Felony Friday, and I, I can certainly see why, because you, you certainly have a passion for that injustice, or to speak against the injustice, I should say, in our criminal justice system, because it really is just—it's a factory of producing not only turning people who may or most people did not even harm anybody. Like you said, most people are in jail for a plant or what have you. Some people are in jail because they stole something, something like that. Uh, Again, in that case, they're paying their debt, not to the person they stole from, not to the person they harmed. They're paying the the debt to the state of California or whatever state they're in or the prison or the judges or the security guards, all the people that are making money on their arrest, on their uh, incarceration along the way. And what's even worse than that is uh, on top of all that, you, you get these guys working for literally slave wages for, for major corporations. Uh, and so we also tie in this crony ca- capitalist aspect to it where the system just continues to feed on itself. Yeah. And th- there is a, a rapper here in Atlanta named Killer Mike, and he he's really through his rapping he really was the one who opened my eyes to how basically people how having this huge prison population creates creates um slaves and creates slave labor that is basically pennies on the dollar um but i think to i I think what people really need to understand is um that anybody anybody in a courthouse okay if you're worried about the cops think about this the people the judges the prosecutor and the public defendant are get all getting paid by the same fund wherever that the cops are getting paid from. And Scott Horton says this, he says, when you look at a courtroom, everyone in there is a cop. They're all cops. They're just basically there to enforce the law, get you in jail, get you to, you know, they're basically there to take away your freedoms because it makes them money. It's what they it's how they survive. And it's just absolutely it's absolutely insane to me that people can actually you know think that, you know, the country that has the most laws, the biggest per capita um, prison population I mean, half of those people are in there for non for nonviolent drug crimes, how they think that we can be the freest country in the world. I mean, have these people never traveled anywhere else? I mean, I was just in another country a couple months ago and I was there for 10 days and I never saw a police officer the whole time, not even at the at the airport. 
I mean, I, I've done a lot of traveling through South America, Central America, a little bit of Asia. And it the first thing that I really started to think about when I was traveling, this is well before I had a podcast. I, I was a libertarian, but it maybe it wasn't what was on my mind every minute of the day. I don't think I was looking for libertarian uh, angles on everything, but it just struck me how, how much different the interaction with the police, the very minimal police presence that there is in a lot of these countries. Uh, often there are police. Uh, often there's, in some countries, uh, you know, I was in Colombia where they had these things called tourist police. Now, we're going to be skeptical about anybody called police, anybody's hired by the state, but honestly, they don't have all of these laws and they're not going around trying to arrest people and trying to find people, you know, f- find what, what somebody might possessing, be possessing, what plant they might be possessing. They're not going around. They're literally standing there saying hi to tourists. <laughs> That's literally all they do. And I, I do think they're there because if, you know, if, if to prevent tour- tourists from being accosted. Now, I think we'd all agree the state shouldn't be who's organizing that, but that attitude, like you said, the police should have the same rights as everybody else earlier. They should have the right to defend themselves and to defend other people, to intervene on behalf of others. It seems that our system is the exact opposite right now. And even going through other quote-unquote status systems around the world, you quickly start to realize that ours, our our system in the, the quote-unquote land of the free, it, it feels a lot less free, especially when you experience that feeling in, in other parts of the world. Well, yeah, I mean, the reason I wrote the the book is very it's it's not I don't think the book is very anarcho capitalist. Um, I don't believe it's very libertarian. I believe it's very classic voluntarist. And the point is from the from the very first day, the first day talks about taxation as theft. The second day talks about can if a bunch of people vote that they can you know that that they can do harm can a bunch of people vote to do something that will cause you harm well if three people can't vote to have someone else beat you up and five people can't do it how can a million people do it how can a million people vote to say okay if you if we don't like the way you're driving down the street you know you haven't hurt anybody but we don't like the way you're driving down the street we we're going to vote to have somebody with a gun and a costume and lights on top of their car to be able to run you down. And if you don't listen to them, they can escalate it all the way up to murder. And they're going to be able to go home and sleep that night. And they're going to be able to go home to their family that night. You won't. It is absolutely insane to me that I can walk down the street to the store on the corner right here and that somebody in a car can pull up, tell me to stop, and I have to stop. That is absolutely insane to me. If if there if the only way someone should be able to do that is if I, in in my walk I've hurt somebody else's property or person, and they can do this. I mean, the guy in Los Angeles, I can't remember the gentleman's name who the police just jumped out. He had a towel wrapped around his hand and they blew his head off. I mean, I mean, they literally blew half of his skull away. And the worst thing to the cops was the guy survived. I mean, it, it, we live in this insane world of, of, of authority worship. And until we get past this, we can't, I, I feel like we can't even call ourselves a civilization. I think when we when we say we live in a civilized country, we live in a civilized society, we're a civilization. I, I don't think people understand the word civil yeah. because I don't see anything civil about what's going on right now. Well, Mads, let's dig a little bit more into your path to uh, becoming a libertarian, becoming interested in the ideas of liberty. Because as you mentioned, even before you had really dug into these ideas, you were saying crazy things like, where's the damaged party? Uh, You were saying you were obviously had some sort of, I guess, rebellious thoughts uh, against uh, the authoritarianism in our system. So how did you actually take those those thoughts I guess you might have had in your mind? I don't know. Maybe you can have a little more insight as to where, where those might have originated from. But how did that end up leading you down the path of libertarianism and learning more about the ideas of liberty? Well, I was involved in a court case um, about 13 years ago, and I just, there was, there was no, I didn't see a victim. There was no victim. 
there was an alleged victim who never showed up for court and everything. And they just carried this on for it, car- it carried it on for over a year. And they were trying to get me to plead down to certain things. I don't want to get into the um, to the specifics of the case. Uh, but, you know, they try to get me to plead down and everything. And then it just just because the other law, because the prosecutor screwed up really bad and the judge got pissed at him, they completely dropped the charges. So after that, you know, I had a couple years where I moved. I moved from Florida to, to Georgia, where I am now. And I had a couple of years where I was just getting um, getting situated here. And all I cared about was you know building a career here. And then the. 2007, the whole Ron Paul, you know, seeing him in the debate. And I, I mean, I was, I guess after 9-11, I was, is like anybody else, I was upset with, um, with what happened. And I was pretty much willing to go along with what the government, what the government wanted to do. But, you know, it, it if you were paying any attention after a couple of years, and especially after the invasion of Iraq, I mean, I, I looked at, I looked at everything leading up to the invasion of Iraq and I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. And so I was pretty disillusioned, but, and as, but as soon as Ron Paul started, you know, said, yeah, they hate us because we're over there. That was just basically, I dove right in and um, just started reading and, you know, Ron Paul had one book at the time, uh, foreign policy, uh, foreign policy of free freedom. I believe it was oh, I called love that. That is one of the first yeah. books I read as well. Cause it's just a collection of a bunch of his speeches from, I believe starting even in the seventies, mostly from like the eighties and nineties about foreign policy and reading them in like the two thousands is in the late two thousands. is just mind blowing because I mean, it's, it's just so he, he's, he's predicting the future. Essentially. He's telling you all the bad things that are going to happen. If the United States intervenes here, intervenes there and you look back and you go, yep. Yeah, that was right. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. He was right. So, I mean, I basically, I just jumped down the rabbit hole, got, got my hands on some Rothbard, got my hands on really one of the books that just put me over the top was um, The Left, the Right, and the State by Lou Rockwell. And he was just, he wrote it. He just seemed to write it so angrily. I mean, he just seemed, he seemed like he was really pissed when he wrote it. And I mean, I was pissed at the time. I just, I started realizing that I was not free. You know, that I, I basically lived in this free range prison. Right. And you know, jumped then, you know, started studying economics and, you know, started studying some basic texts, tackled man economy and state. And then I just took off a couple of years to get my head, you know, get my head together and um, study some other stuff, studied some comparative religion stuff, yada, yada, went around. And then um, once this last election cycle, national uh, presidential election cycle hit, um, I just thought, OK, this is a really good looking at how ridiculous this is, how ridiculous the choices are, um, this would be a good time to start, you know, start speaking my mind and see if anybody, you know, if anybody was interested in anything I had to say. So I took to Twitter and started really hitting up Twitter with, you know, with some, I try to be, you know, intelligent memes, um, intelligent commentary, and people started following me and decided to do a podcast. And after I did, after I did podcast for a while, I talked to um, Vin Armani, who is, you know, who I consider a friend now, even though we've never met face to face. And he said, "Man, I think these memes are really powerful. You really need to keep it up and do something, you know, do something with it, concentrate on it." And I decided to write a book based on, you know, where one day would be a meme, and then I do a commentary on the meme. And I actually think that some of the days, if you look at the meme and you look at the commentary. I think some people will be like, I don't know if I even see it because, you know, people see different things. Yeah, that's and not the I, interesting thing about memes. Yeah. And, I, you know, pe- people take it different ways. I mean, even today I posted up something and, and somebody and a couple people were like, I don't get it. And other people were like, yeah, man, awesome. And I'm like, well, that's just the nature, of, you know, the nature of it, you know, the the nature of how how you're going to interpret something. We all have our, our filters that we view the world through. So whenever we see either a, a politician make a statement or a news story or a meme, 
we're taking whatever filter we've sort of already applied to the world and seeing it through that. So libertarians, people that are already libertarians, I think are going to look through your book and look through all these memes and think one way about a lot of them. There'll be a lot of head nodding, I think, from people that have been libertarians for a while, a lot of laughs. But other people who are new to it, they might not get a lot of the stuff in the same way right away. But I think that's the idea. The idea is to make you think. And that's why it's great that you have that commentary to go along with it, because then you're kind of you know pushing your ideas through that, showing what your interpretation of these memes are. Um, how did you actually get first? Uh, actually, before I get into that, there's one uh, just because I'm literally like thumbing through the memes right now while I'm talking to you, and there's one mm -hmm. that, that had me cracking out loud. This isn't a very deep philosophical meme, but this is uh, I'll give us one away. So there's, thir there's there will still be 30 more uh, days that people need to go get your book <laughs> to read about. But okay. it's day 25, time for a laugh break. <laughs> so you already know. And, and, and part of it is is the picture because the picture is just hilarious. It's just this this very nice looking old gentleman holding a cup of coffee, and the top one says, "Oh boy, time to make a friendly joke on my favorite libertarian page." And then he looks up, and and the caption says, "Oops, everyone is cursing at each other." And I think anybody who's been uh, in the libertarian universe, especially on Facebook or Twitter for a while, can absolutely <laughs> relate to this experience because sometimes we'll just make a statement or we'll say something we think is funny, and even if it is funny or Obviously, that's always open to interpretation. There's someone. There's someone in that libertarian page who's going to take that the wrong way, and maybe they'll call you a statist. Maybe they'll call you a communist. Uh, who knows? But uh, the, the, for sure, you're going to see some some yelling and arguing. I like to think over in our Lions of Liberty forum on Facebook, just getting a quick plug-in, if you don't mind. Uh, we actually have a great group over there, and that kind of stuff doesn't really happen too much. But I've certainly seen it out there. <laughs> I, I think my whole take on that on that meme is that most, I think most libertarians, uh, even, you know, I, I consider obviously being a voluntarist, I'm more, I'm more, I lean more anarchist. And then, you know, there are people who are more minarchist. And I think that even minarchists and, and anarchists can get together on 90% of this stuff, but we're really willing to claw, claw each other's eyes out over that other 10%. <laughs> And it's just hilarious to me. You know? Sometimes I'll like post something up and people start fighting and just I want everybody to know I'm laughing. I mean, I'm I'm watching it and I'm just laughing. And if you see me comment in it, if you see me comment when you're arguing, that comment is to make it get even worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see it escalate. Cut it's to Mance it, with his feet up, smoking a cigar, and just, you know, it's, cackling maniacally. <laughs> it was, it's so funny because, you know, once you get down to it, especially, you know, as, lo as long as it's not like a hardcore status, then there is something like that. There'll, there'll be some resolution in the end. But, um, you know, the state, I mean, the hardcore statists will... I mean, I, I made the comment today that uh, to somebody that, um, you know, they were talking about how Iran wants freedom. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it, it you know, so saying that, you know, the U.S. government, the U.S. government wants Iran to have freedom. And I'm like, well, yeah, it'd be nice. You know, I guess we would I guess we want freedom, too. That's why we have more laws than any other country. And the person immediately came back to me with, well, you can move to Somalia or Yemen. And it's just like, great. I mean, how many times am I going to how many times am I going to hear that this week? Because Yemen is super free. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and let's face it. Let's face it. Yemen. The reason Yemen's in, in the situation it's in is because of U.S. foreign policy. And to a certain extent, so is Somalia. So it's like, oh, why do I want to why wouldn't I want to move over there? I don't want to become a victim of the United States foreign policy. I don't want to get drone bombed when I go to the store. I mean, come on, guys. Come as on. Wake, as it gets wake here, it's, it's, it can be a lot more dangerous to be in a country that has been targeted as an enemy. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, think about it. I mean, if if our police for if our police force here is as dangerous as, you know, thank God that everybody has a self. Everybody has a video camera in their pocket now, because imagine what the police got away with before the, before that. Right. I mean, think about it. If they're. If they say, oh, policing is, you know, is is nowhere near as out of control as it, 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 it is getting better. Well, that that can only be because, you know, we're at a time where everybody has a cell phone. I mean, some of the stuff we're seeing right now is absolutely horrible. But, you know, then take it to another country where the world's police force is out armed to the teeth and is or even if they're not on the ground, they're just bombing the living hell out of people i mean all you have to do is take picture look at pictures of 
you know, um, you know, Libya 10 years ago compared to now and Yemen 10 years ago compared to now and uh, Syria. Oh, my. I mean, Syria or shoot, I mean, think about the bombings of um, the bombings of Beirut, the, the USS New Jersey on Beirut in 1983, 1982 or in the early 80s. I mean, Beirut used to be called the Las Vegas of of the Middle East. Now it's just Those rubble. Days are long over, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, so you know, it's like, oh, well, why don't you move to another country? Well, because I don't want to get droned. Right. I mean, I mean <laughs> almost the the disasters in almost every country, not almost every country, literally every country you mentioned, Libya, Yemen, uh, Somalia, Syria, can all be not even, I mean, can, can be not even indirectly traced back, directly traced back to United States foreign policy. There is a cholera epidemic in Yemen right now that, I mean, it's the 21st century and there's a cholera epidemic in the world. And the only, and it's not like you need antibiotics. All you need is liquids. All you need is fluids. Clean water. But the, but the U.S.-Saudi blockade on anything going into that country is causing, I mean, there's upwards, they say upwards of a million people could have cholera right now. And that's directly caused by the government of the United States and the people who voted for them. Okay, you have to if you're going to be a voter, you have to take responsibility for what they do. You're endorsing them. I don't know if it's Lou Rockwell or or somebody like that, but it's a a phrase I've heard around there. If you're going to vote, at least have the decency to vote for someone who's not going to (laughs) win. Yeah, I don't remember. Back when I did vote, I don't remember the last person I voted for. Might have been, might have been Bush in two thousand. But I mean, I think a lot of people got fooled by Bush in two thousand because he sounded like Ron Paul when he ran. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I believe, I was what twenty years old when, and that was my first election. And I also voted for George Bush. I I certainly wasn't a libertarian at the time, but one thing I liked about him was how he talked about not being overseas, not being building other countries. And as someone who wasn't super political, that just that just made common sense to me. It wasn't even, you know, a philosophical thing. I was just nodding my head thinking, well, that that sounds, you know, that makes sense. Why should we be all over the world? And obviously that that didn't play out <laughs> quite too well. But if that sounds like common sense to a 20 year old, if you're 40 and you listen to something like that and you think it's naive, you have to ask yourself why you think that's naive. Because it just seems like common sense to most people unless something has being fed into your brain that you have to believe something else. It's almost like you have to be brainwashed to go from a point where something that would be common sense to the uninitiated, I suppose, uh, actually becomes something that sounds so naive because that's how far gone from common sense are not only the, you know what we learn in our schools and then what we see on TV, what we hear from politicians. Well, I mean, every single step of the way, it goes completely against common sense, most of it. So uh, the, I, I imagine the older you get and the more you accept those systems, if you are someone who's been accepting those systems, the more naive actual common sense from someone younger who has who hasn't maybe been through as much of that brainwashing is going to sound well yeah and the 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 thing i hate about getting older is i I I mean i I have a whole list for you but (laughs) yeah the older the older i get the more i want liberty i guess i could say the more libertarian i become the more classically liberal i become but in the other direction most people i see as they get older they become more conservative People say, um, I've heard people say, you know, we're no real change can be made in this world until all the boomers die because the boomers got us into this and yada, 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 that and everything. And it's like it really is. I mean, I don't see I, I see people as they get older, they just become more and more conservative. And unfortunately, um, in this in this culture, with what we're fed, especially if you're I mean, I'm so glad that I can watch the news now with a filter because, yeah, there was a time when I watched the news and I pretty much believe what was what was going on. And now I watch the news and I'm just I'm just searching for that grain of truth and ignoring everything else and just thinking it's crap. And but I look at um, like I love I like watching the Kennedy show. Because I guess she's the closest, that's the closest thing to a libertarian show on TV. But she has these neocons on and these ex-CIA agent 
killers, murderers for hire. Yeah, I think she's required to have like 10 CIA guys on for every remotely reasonable, even quasi-libertarian guest. She had, um, oh, she had some arch neocon on um, one of the guys that um, was it that Bolton? Tucker... I know she had Bolton on once. John. Oh, she has Bolton on yeah, all the time. That's a blast. But... To watch. Yeah. Oh, I know. Every time I see him, I'm just like, especially because he's he's can... the most cartoony villain-looking person you could imagine. If <laughs> if you wanted to imagine just a, a terrible uh, neocon supervillain, you would draw John Bolton. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm like Kennedy. I love you, girl. But if I see Max Boot on there, I'm never gonna watch again. Right? <laughs> Stop it already. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean. It's it's just I guess it's so people they learn things a certain way and they get on with their life and they have kids and they get into this just routine of, you know, this is what I believe. I don't have any time to study any differently. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm always going to believe. And I mean, and then they go and they vote, you know, and it's one of the I'm glad I've, I'm glad I don't have kids and I'm glad I. I don't plan on ever having kids because it frees up so much time to learn, to learn and to think. And to meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to learn and to think and to be, to have the time to actually talk to other people, you know, to, you know, even if it's through social media, you know, I mean, I've built up a, you know, a following quote unquote on Twitter and I mean, I don't even consider, I mean, some of the people who are following me are much, much more educated on sub, on certain subjects than I am. So, I mean, uh, it's more of a hangout and hopefully we, we just have people more, we can draw more people in and especially more young people because I'm interacting with a lot of people who, a lot of young people on Twitter and Facebook who are calling themselves socialists and they are studying this stuff and they are quoting exactly what their college professors are telling them to quote. And it's pretty damn scary to think that, I mean, I've heard from people who've recently graduated college that, you know, they've, they've done four years and they've had the communist manifesto as a required book in up to 12 or 13 courses. Wow. That's just absolutely insane. It's just, I mean, that, that book is a joke. And my wife just reviewed that book for her, you know, for her video, that, you know, for her video podcast she does. And she basically just in three minutes just absolutely destroyed everything about it. And I mean, she and she said there's only really three pages you need to know. And then she just hammered boom, 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 boom. This is just it doesn't work. This has been tried no matter how perfectly you want to try it or how you think it hasn't been tried perfectly in the past. It's never going to work. And they've latched onto this. I mean, I've been they they hate me so much that they've hammered my book on Amazon. What one star reviews. So it's like my, like everybody who's bought the book has either five star or four star review it, and I didn't ask them to do it. They did it on their own, but they've hammered me with a bunch of one star reviews, and they're not verified purchasers and everything like that. And two of them clearly say he advocates stealing the he advocates stealing the wages of the uh, of the worker, which is basically directly from Karl Marx. I mean, these people are absolutely insane and they have to be stopped this ideology has to be stopped it's an ideology of of death i mean we've seen it i mean come on anybody who wants to advocate for this ideology just go to venezuela right now go to somalia. tell me how yeah tell i mean somalia is another one somalia is a failed islamic commun you know socialist state they all fail Unless they have some kind of capitalist mechanism keeping them alive, the Scandinavian states, yada, yada. It always has to be capitalism in there because every time they try to do it without capitalism, without private ownership, it fails miserably and people die in the streets. It's it's remarkable that people are actually that there are people out there that are actually still taking this seriously. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. 
the Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Well, man, so we're going to hope to battle not only the uh, ideology of communism, but we're also going to hope to maybe battle uh, some of these uh, one-star spammers on Amazon. So (laughs) I'm not going to tell anybody to go out and review and four- and five-star review your book. I am going to encourage people to check it out, though. And I know that listeners of this show are very passionate about the ideas of liberty and are always interested in new avenues of doing that and uh, really, most importantly, of, of interesting other people in the ideas of liberty. And I think that's really, you know, what the role of people like you and I are doing. Uh, you know, you mentioned how there's so many other people out there that are more educated and, and more in depth on a lot of these ideas. And, and that's certainly the case with me. I don't consider myself an expert on any specific aspect of libertarianism. Um, but what I, the reason I do this show, and I think the same reason you, uh, you produce all these memes and are so active on Twitter, is I just want to plant seeds. I want to get people thinking a little bit differently. And I want to send people down rabbit holes. I want people to go down different lap rabbit holes and start learning and thinking deeper about, you know, the way that we interact with other people, the way that we interact in our society, what laws are, what authority is, uh, all the same kind of themes that you're putting along there. So I think that people that listen to this program and enjoy the work I'm doing are really going to enjoy Freedom Through Memedom, the 31-day guide to waking up to liberty. Is there anything else you want to mention about the book or about the format? I think it is a very interesting format. It's almost like, I think another interview with Dave Smith I heard you mentioned, it was kind of like a a formatted like a daily devotional, um, sort of almost like um, a religious text might be. Right. Yeah, I was doing uh, I was doing accounting work for uh, for a Christian bookstore, and I noticed that they sold a lot of those. And I looked at the format of them, and I was impressed because you know it, it looked like something that you know it's not it, intimidating. It, 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 well, in lieu of someone sitting down and reading a couple chapters of the Bible in the morning, they could sit down and they could read a verse and then read a commentary on the verse. And well, I mean, I just replaced the verse. I just replaced the verse with a meme. And so I throw a meme and the memes on the left page and my commentary is on the right page. So you don't even have to change. You don't even have to turn the page. It's right there uh, laid out so that you can see it. And I mean, I just think that and and this is something that I've really come to believe. If before if you have kids that are teenagers before you send them off to college, you have to get them ready for what they're going to what they're going to learn. And they need to have a solid foundation. And I think my book's perfect for it. But if my, I mean, I don't need to plug my book for it. You know, give them the 60 page Anatomy of the State by Rothbard or um, give them something by Tom Woods, which is always easy. Uh, You know, he writes in such an, I mean, he's such a brilliant man and writes in such a simple way. I mean, you really have to prepare these kids before they go off to college, because they, if they don't have a firm foundation and freedom, they, you may not recognize the person who comes back. And we're seeing that we're we're seeing that over and over again. I mean, just look at the Antifa movement. And these are kids who went to college. Their some Marxist professors got a hold of them and they must have not had a firm foundation in anything before they went there. And now they're riding in the streets, committing violence, in the, and they all admit that they're communists in the name of a failed, lazy, horrible human being. Just go research Karl Marx's life. I mean, they're adopting the ideology and an ideology of death and destruction and violence. And I think my book, because 
you know, everybody, you know, anybody who's, you know, of a certain age who's on social media sees memes. And, you know, I think most people like memes if they're clever and everything. I think mine is mine's perfect for college age, high school age, for anybody, really. But, I mean, I really want to concentrate on those young people because, man, they're they're getting they're getting stolen by an ideology that's just absolute destruction. Well, Mance, that's why people like myself are talking to people like you and putting it out on the internet and hoping that we can at least get through to uh, maybe not some of those people. Um, hopefully, I, I like to think anybody can change. We've all had probably some crazy ideas in our youth, but uh, to at least to some of the people that haven't fully made up their mind about political philosophy, but people that are a little bit confused, people that don't really see a home in the Republican Party of Donald Trump, people that don't see a home in the Democratic Party, people that might not see a home in any political party because really this is about ideas more than it is about uh, the day-to-day politics because at the end of the day politics is going to follow culture so what we need to attack where we need to focus is the culture and that's you know that's that's what you and I are doing so I definitely want to recommend checking out freedom through memedom I think it's a book that libertarians are going to find really entertaining and really fun but also something they can then take off at, take after reading and hand it off to a friend and say hey just put this onto the back of your toilet I know you're in there every day Take two minutes, two minutes every day. And if at the end of that month you aren't thinking a little bit differently, well, so be it. But I, I think that's a simple little challenge that people could give to uh, at least, you know, open-minded friends of theirs. And, yeah, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. We can just plant seeds. And I just started Chapter 3 on my next book, which, surprisingly enough, is going to be all about the culture. All right. Well, I, I look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be all about the culture. The first, you know, the first chapter was about democratic socialism creeping in. The second chapter was about college professors, and now the third chapter, I am getting into the SJW movement, and it's um, it's going to be the same format, except it's gonna, it's not going to be thirty one days. It's going to be you know divided up into uh, subjects, and I hope I hope to I hope to make an an impact with this. As much as people are telling me I'm making an impact with the first one. Well, I'm certainly open to having you back on when it is time to uh, hit the old publish button on that book. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, before I let you go, man, is there anything else you want to mention? I know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you do have a podcast as well, Free Man Beyond the Wall. Feel free to uh, talk about that a bit and just let everybody know where they can find all your work. Well, yeah, freemanbeyondthewall.com. Um, the, I have the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Evooks, which is a Spanish podcast. I had some people in Spain who wanted me to put it on there. Um, YouTube, and all you have to do is search Mansrader or Free Man Beyond the Wall. Um, I'm on 72, 72 or 73 episodes right now. I was doing what, what I was calling my meme of the day, where I would talk about a meme and I would do a short commentary, sometimes four minutes, sometimes seven, sometimes eight. And I've abandoned that because the uh, I'm letting the book and letting my Twitter account take care of that now. Uh, I'm getting a lot more into interviews, so um, I have I have a great interview with Scott Horton back in the back in in the uh, 20s, which is a which is I mean a phenomenal interview. Is greatest. I mean, obviously, you know Scott Horton. I'm sure you've had him on. Oh yeah, he's been on a f- quite a few times. Yeah, and it's hard to I mean, go wrong just, with Scott Horton. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, you just ask ask a good question and let him go. I've had Adam Kokesh on, Vin Armani talking about cryptocurrency. One of the one of the best people you can have talk about cryptocurrency because not only does he understand what it is now, but he's one of those people who's planning on try uh, planning on helping to you know take that use it to take down the power the, the power of the the uh, centralized you know it's central power basically the international banking cartel and if you can take them down then you could take down the power of the government and um, you know and I'm now I'm trying to get more into interviews of content creators someone like Rollo McFlugel who I had on the other day and someone like esoteric entity who I, who I had on as well um, you know these guys are, staying up late at night after they get home from work and creating content for people so that they can, you know, help promote freedom. And, you know, these guys like them, guys like you, you encourage me so much. And um, I get so much inspiration from, you know, what you do. I mean, shoot the Perkins interview that you released yesterday. I mean, God, I learned so much from that interview. Yeah, that guy's, that guy's phenomenal. We're, you know, we're a community. 
I hope we can all learn from each other because um, when it comes right down to it, we need each other. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to need each other for where we're going. And um, yeah, I mean, we got to come together, even though, you know, we'll throw up a joke in our favorite libertarian on our favorite libertarian site and then start cursing at each other. For sure. <laughs> Wouldn't be libertarians if we couldn't curse at each other a little bit, right? No. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for, for joining me today, man. It's been a blast. And again, the book is Freedom Through Memedom, the 31-Day Guide to Waking Up to Liberty. Be sure to check it out. And uh, the podcast is Free Man Beyond the Wall. So be sure to check all that great stuff out. Mans, I'm sure you're going to be continue to be a, a very powerful voice in the liberty movement going forward. And uh, you know, we'll definitely keep in touch and talk to you down the road. I appreciate it, man. Um, this is, it, it was my honor to be on. Thank you. Great, man. Let's keep up the great work and keep on roaring. Thanks. Take care now. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mance Raider. Really glad I've connected with this guy. He's a, he's a really interesting, and as you guys can tell, passionate person about the ideas of liberty, about criminal justice reform, about all the injustices in our current society. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. Be sure to follow him on social media. We'll post links to everything, including his book and his podcast, Free Man Beyond the Wall, over in today's show notes, which you can find over at lionsofliberty.com slash 3.30. I took care of most of our business at the top of the show, so I don't have a ton to tell you right now, but I do want to remind you to download the Donorcy app and check out the projects being promoted by my man Clint Rankin, Lions of Liberty Pride member who runs the Facebook group Walk the Walk, as well as the website walkthewalktofreedom.com. That's where he finds specific projects to promote among the Liberty community every month, specific charitable projects around the world, and we're really having an impact. We've helped people in Houston. We've helped people in Malawi. We've helped people all over the globe globe and i'm really excited for this project so if you haven't yet please download that donor app check out walk the walk again we'll link to all that stuff in today's show notes and if you have not joined the lions of liberty pride my gosh we have got some wild wild content for you up right now like i said at the top of the show we have the conspiracy corner antarctica which went in some very interesting directions including uh, a weird story about tony robbins and an enema machine and i'm not kidding that's a real thing that you'll hear on conspiracy corner as well as a brand new league of liberty podcast which is of course myself johnny rocket adams from the johnny rocket launchpad roger paxson of the lava flow podcast and chris bangle of we are libertarians and i'm not going to give too much away here because this is for pride members this is for supporters of any of our shows but let me just say this episode this one got really contentious and at times uncomfortable i I gotta say so if you haven't checked out the league of liberty yet that is a super mega group of libertarian podcasters that have come together and boy this is one you're not gonna want to miss again all you gotta do is join the lions of liberty pride for as little as five bucks a month head on over to lionsofliberty.com slash support to check it out until next time folks live long and live free